and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 193. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are discussing Voyager's second season episodes, Parturition, Persistence of Vision, and Tattoo. Here we go. Parturition, Season 2, Episode 7, Production Code 123, Original Air Date October 9, 1995, Directed by Jonathan Frakes, Written by Thomas E. Solosi, Music Composed by Dennis McCarthy, Guest Cast Include Majel Barrett as the Computer Voice. Relations between Neelix and Lieutenant Tom Paris fall to a new low when they have a food fight in the mess hall over Cuss. Captain Janeway calls them to her ready room for an assignment. Janeway cautions them to put their differences aside. Voyager's food supplies are low and scans of a nearby planet have detected proteins. Due to Neelix's role as chef and Paris's position as ship's most experienced pilot, they are sent to the planet, which they call Planet Hell, to scout for edible material. On their way to the planet, their shuttle crashes and becomes an environmental interference. You subclass genus. I beg your pardon? Sitting with your backs to each other like two strangers waiting for a transport. That's supposed to fool me. Oh, I just can't win. Look, there is nothing to fool you about. Really, I swear. Liar. Parturition. It's odd that I don't really remember this episode. I mean, I, I really didn't. I'm like, gosh, you know, I play that game, see how long it takes me to remember which episode it is from the teaser and stuff. And, and I, I felt like I was still playing that game, but at the end of the episode, <laughs> like, which one is this? It's, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, so, you know, when it's when it's that unmemorable, I don't know, it's not the greatest sign. Um, Adam, why don't you take us off on this one? I kind of do remember it because they've been setting, you know, they've been setting us up with this Neelix jealousy thing for Tom Paris for for a while now so i actually did remember this episode especially going into it i remember you know when Kes fell into paris's lap i'm like oh yeah this is the episode where um paris and neelix kind of get into it and make friends um it's not a bad episode i mean it kind of i mean it's you know it's these two characters they come together they get to know each other we get to learn a little bit more about them they get to learn a little bit more about each other i mean it's it's a pretty common episode throughout Star Trek. Um, I wouldn't say this one stands above most of those types of episodes, but I mean, it's not like I said. It's 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 not a bad episode. I I mean, it's something I wouldn't. I if it was on TV, I might sit back and watch it again. It's not something I sat back and was like, oh. I mean, there's there's some stuff in it. Is this the one? Um, you know, the Doctor has some cool things to say to Cass about relationships, even though he doesn't know anything about relationships, you know, we get the funny skin stuff in this. The, uh, the one thing that I did have in my notes is that the, um, I guess the lizard people at the end there, that was actually kind they were actually pretty scary at the end when they were just hissing at um, Paris and Neelix. I was like, that was pretty good. Make- to me, I found that interesting makeup. It was kind of, it was actually kind of a scary, scary look. Steve, were you scared of the reptiles? Um, I don't. I don't know about that. I do. Um, I mean, I remember this is basically a, like a transition episode. It's like a um, Neelix is annoying, and then he's not so annoying because they had to get past this whole jealousy thing with Paris, and that's like the whole the whole purpose of this, you know. And so, as far as what the like as a, as a 
as an episode that stands alone and that has a real compelling story and moral or something like that, you know, and, eh, you know, but I think it's, it, it's somewhat significant in that, you know, you have this relationship and we're, we're finally getting past this whole, you know, obviously they early on in the episode, it's like, I'm just, Neelix is crazy. I, I don't care like the character or whatever. And by the end, there's like this turnaround. I'm not sure if this one incident would cure him of this jealousy issue or not, but um, and then like, and like Adam mentioned, some of the Dr. Kess stuff, you know, building on their, on their relationship. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's some of the, the plot points are fairly forgettable and it gets a little goofy with the puppet bird and the, you know, <laughs> silliness, but I, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's important to the, the show, at least in the early seasons in the sense that it, it progresses relationships and so forth. Yeah. I, I did make a note in my, my notes I, I wrote. Neelix is not an a-hole while he dines with Kess and she talks about Paris as her instructor. And I, I, I made that note at the end of the scene because honestly, even during the scene when he's not being an a-hole about Paris, I just kept waiting for him to all of a sudden do something crazy or unreasonable yeah. and yell or shout or I don't know. And he never does. Yeah, so I guess, oh, maybe they're... Uh-huh. Yeah, and then of course we have the actual fight the, the spaghetti fight, I guess. Mm-hmm. Spaghetti fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the puppet, the uh, Paris and Neelix raising the the puppet was. <laughs> I don't know. It it always reminds me. I see something like that, and it just reminds me of the hand plant from the <laughs> beginning of the original series. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, can't help it. I love I love the hypo spray thing. Why wouldn't they just inject it in his arm or something? I don't know. Seemed kind of, it's, it's kind of like a, the eye drop, I guess. It seemed kind of goofy. I like the I like the moment when Paris and Kim are sitting down to lunch, you know, and he's like everything he can to avoid contact with Kess, and then Kim immediately gets called to the, to the bridge. <laughs> that was funny. That made me laugh. Right. Right. <laughs> I like Todd. Like, I like Paris's reaction to that. You know, when he, you know, when Neelix comes over there and first starts to wailing on him, insulting him, and he just looks like, "Excuse me." I don't. I don't know. It just made me laugh a little bit the way he reacted to, to Neelix. Well, there's this funny bit where they're like rolling around on the floor, and they obviously wanted to ADR in some lines, so they're like rolling, and then they roll to a point where their back, the head, the back of their head is to the camera, and then you get a line, and then they roll again. <laughs> it's like, oh, they're just, they're just supposed to like time, they're just writing and timing these lines to the footage they got. Let's slip in a line here, and here. It kind of <laughs> felt like that. Actually, I will say probably the nicest moment in this episode for me was when, kind of near the beginning, when Paris comes to Kim's quarters, like, you're right, he's playing his clarinet, yeah? And he comes to his quarters, and they just sit down and have, you know, whatever, three minutes of buddy time. And he's telling him how he has feelings for Cass or whatever. But it's just like, you know, two guys that are friends and talking. And I kind of like that. I'm not, uh, we, I'm guessing we've probably seen Kim's quarters before, yeah? But I don't know. I've always talked about how some of my favorite moments in Star Trek as a Trekker is just seeing kind of normal life and people actually living their lives on the ship. And that was one of those little moments. Right, right. And I always enjoy that sort of thing. Yeah, I kind of agree. Yeah. I mean, it was, I liked the moment with Tom because Tom clearly feels guilty about this. He doesn't, he doesn't want to 
he doesn't dislike Neelix. I don't want to say they're friends at this point, um, but yeah, he doesn't want to cross that line. You know, they said, you know, obviously Tom Paris was kind of a rapscallion. He was in jail and that kind of stuff. And he's clearly wanting to turn his life around. Um, they had that, was that scene later on in the episode between Neelix and him. And he's like, you know, him being in the Delta Quadrant was kind of the best thing that ever happened to him. It gave him a second chance. Um, so I like those moments with Paris that he's really, you really kind of believe that he wants to, mm-hmm. to, to turn his life around and start and start living, living a productive um, life. All right. What's this episode about? Um, never leave a puppet behind. Well, I mean, a lot of the episodes about, you know, we, we move some characters forward. We kind of move Paris forward. We get to learn a little, you know, I don't know if we learn a whole lot more new about him, but um, you know, it just kind of gets reinforced. We, their relationship kind of gels together, especially after, you know, several episodes of this weird jealousy thing with Neelix. Um, I don't think we see this again. I, I mean, you can, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Do we see Neelix really kind of get jealous anymore? Or is that, is that done? I don't recall. Yeah. I, th- I don't think so. I think they, I think they recognized that it was a problem and they, and they tried to get it to leave it behind the writers i mean but they break up right before she leaves the show technically they they split apart and they're not mm, i think that's right yeah okay anyway um you know seeing through um seeing something through i mean you know neelix wasn't going to leave the the lizard baby there and he was going to make sure that it you know see it through so it was safe i don't know responsibility parental responsibility i don't know yeah, I kind of wish they would have done it in a more compelling, interesting way. But I mean, you do have the the old story of um, um, a, a tough situation can bring people together. You know, a lot of times people don't stop to, you know, share perspectives and understand the other person unless they, one, take the time to listen or have the time to listen and two, are put into a situation together where they're forced to, you know, interact and work together. So there's that. I don't know. All right. You guys like this episode? I mean, for me, it's, it's, it's average for me. It's not, it's not bad. It's just, um, it's so average. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's just, average is a good word. Yeah. It's forgettable, I guess. I mean, I guess the more interesting relationship is Neelix and, um, Tuvok. The, that pairing is, I mean, you know, we really, we don't really get a lot of, um, you know, yeah. Neelix and Paris, they have this kind of bonding episode, they're together but you know that relation i don't think the relationship really progresses much more the relationship that was always interesting to me was tuvok and um and elix that dynamic i'm not sure that they would have come to blows if neelix had thrown spaghetti on tuvok <laughs> he, just, he, didn't he just he just pinched him unconscious <laughs> i think he would have just sighed as the spaghetti slowly you know, went down his body like those sticky things on walls. I will return to my quarters and change my uniform. You know, it's... although I don't know if I could see Tuvok eating spaghetti. Hmm. All right, let's do six degrees for parturition. What's the what's up with the title? I guess I should have looked that up. Yeah, we'll look it up sometime. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Adam, are you going first or second? Um, I guess I'll go first. John Copage plays a recurring science division officer in the original series. He played Elliot in the unforgettable episode, The Doomsday Machine. What season was that? 
the Doomsday Machine would be season two. Yes, sir. Steve, Janeway's hair from the future magically appears in this episode. In what season will this hair become her normal hair? Uh... Adam's like, I'm so glad I went first. <laughs> uh, three? No. Should I give Adam a chance? Mm, if you like. Adam? I'll say season five. No, it was four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the definition the definition of parturition is the action of giving birth to young. <laughs> okay. And that's an English word. Mm-hmm. And I think in the pronunciation, if I'm recalling how this works, is almost like a ch in there. So parturition. So we said it wrong, too. We didn't know what it meant, and we said it wrong. Well, I'm doing this now to to uh, ward off the emails. emails. Yeah, so yeah, all, all, all the tweets and emails we're going to get over that. Persistence of Vision, Season 2, Episode 8, Production Code 124. Original air date, October 30th, 1995. Directed by James L. Conway, written by Jerry Taylor, music composed by David Bell. Guest cast include Patrick Carr as Telepathic Botha, Stan Ibar as Mark, Michael Kumsi as Lord Burley, Thomas Decker as Henry Burley, Lindsay Hahn as Beatrice Burley, Karen C- Carolyn Seymour as Mrs. Templeton, Warren Munson as Admiral Paris, and Marva Hicks as Tapel. <laughs> As Voyager readies for a potentially dangerous encounter with the Botha, the Doctor orders an exhausted Captain Janeway to take some R&R in the holodeck. Janeway tries to get into her favorite holonovel, but before long she is called back to the bridge for her first contact with the Botha. The Botha representative gives the crew a chilly reception, but sets up a rendezvous to determine whether or not they will allow Voyager to pass through their space. Soon after... Janeway starts seeing um, characters from her hollow novel throughout the ship. What's the matter? Here's the lover when I kissed you there. I don't know who you are, what you are, but I won't let you touch me. What about the man on the holodeck? You didn't seem to mind him touching you, did you? In fact, I think you liked it. Now I ask you, Kath, is that fair to me? I've stayed faithful to you. I've vowed to wait for you no matter how long it takes. Shouldn't you do the same? Here's another one I don't recall writing a note for before. Neelix reports Janeway's memory of lunch inaccurate. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if that was what they used to sell the episode, you know. Yes. So what happens is Janeway sees cucumber sandwiches, (laughs) right? She's in the mess hall. Neelix is going through and telling her about the dishes. He's making her plate. She sees the cucumbers. They're cucumber sandwiches. They're stacked. They're like half cut. There's cucumbers. You see it all, right? Fast forward the episode. Go later. She's back in the mess hall. She brings up the cucumber sandwiches. Coily, right? She starts talking about the other dishes first, right? And then Neelix says, no, we did not serve cucumber sandwiches. Yeah, an abbreviated version of that would be like the TV guide blur back in the day, you know. <laughs> like rerun, nine o'clock, channel nine. <laughs> Janeway believes she had a cucumber sandwich option at lunch. Neelix corrects her. 
crew investigates. <laughs> um, I know this episode is popular and a lot of people like it and it was pretty popular at the time. I think it's kind of not my favorite. I don't, I don't, I don't actually like any of the episodes we're discussing today. Actually, I just hang it up, Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Let's discuss. Yeah. I like the idea of tattoo. I think there's a there's a cool story there, but it's just not the episode doesn't quite work for me. I I don't I'm not a, a f- big fan here of persistence of vision, even though I know some people do. So I would love to hear you guys tell me why you like it. You expecting to hear from us on that or or? So yeah, you're, you're not gonna, I'm afraid uh, I'm not going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to all be in agreement with you, Brian, on this one. All right. It's just kind of a cluster, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, I don't, I don't, and this one, it's not one of these where it's kind of like, oh, there's an interesting idea. And if they'd execute it differently, I just don't know what they're going for here. There's just too many, there's too much stuff all over the place. And I'm not sure what the point is, you know? And so you've got all these, um, you know, it's, it's uh, hallucinations or is it not hallucinations? Oh, it's alien influence. Now it's not just Janeway, it's everybody. And yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't understand the point. I mean, it's, um, I remembered it, um, just probably because it's so bizarre. Um, but, uh, really there's so, there's so little worth, um, you know, focusing on here, you know, it's not like there's much of any character development. The plot is kind of bizarre all over the place. And, uh, in, in the end, what's the consequence, you know, um, Obviously, you, you you get a little bit of people having to deal with the the dark side of their personalities or their feelings, but it's just not focused enough on that for that to really be, you know, what's going on here. So, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of just goes and goes, and you're just waiting for it to be over with. That's what I felt like. Yeah, just, I've right when the episode started, I just I know this might kind of sound weird, but I just didn't really believe Janeway was that busy. <laughs> I was like, what, you're out in the middle of the <laughs> quadrant. I mean, really, what, how busy can you be that it's going to stress you out? Do you have to return in reports to Starf? No. Do you have to answer to Ambet? No. 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 So I'm like, why is she so stressed out and busy? They don't, I'm not saying that she can't be stressed out and busy. It's just, they didn't really set that up very well. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, all of a sudden, cucumber sandwiches. Yeah. Go to the holodeck to your very uninteresting holodeck story and, um, start seeing cucumber sandwiches i will say something that was kind of that kind of hit me a little bit was the you know kessa's perspective of these characters she's seeing i found really creepy i don't know it just was like like the little girl flying in her and stuff that kind of yeah a little trippy but yeah. that whole thing though i guess i guess i mentioned that because it actually got a reaction from me you know i mean whatever the reaction i was. didn't quite understand so it's like she's not seeing the creature right she's like She's um, having a mental connection to the person that sees the. the I guess so. I, guess. I gathered something like that. Yeah. But then at the end, she is actually seeing it. Yeah. See that, that, that. Why again? They're like that. That was an example of let's let's add some other variable to this thing that's got way too many variables. It's just adding to the cluster. You know, I don't understand. Well, but and it, yeah. it's not really there to begin with. Okay, so. Yeah, earlier he definitely wasn't act the alien wasn't actually there, right? Because the mm-hmm. apparition thing just goes into January or something. But by the end, 
it looks like he really is there. I mean, he, he pushes a button to turn off, you know, in, in engineering right near the end, he pushes right. a button or something and turns off the doctor's uh, view screen going into engineering, mm-hmm. right? Unless we're saying that was all in Kess's head somehow or something. And then he's, because she defeats him, he's forced to turn back into his regular self. But he, if he wasn't really there in the first place, she's actually forcing him to uh, yeah, still be able to control the fact that he's sending his image, but not enough that he can control what image he's sending because now mm-hmm. he looks like himself instead of the other. I mean, it. Yeah. Like what? It just didn't make a lot of sense. It makes zero sense. And what was his goal? What was his goal? Was he just trying to steal Voyager? I don't know what his end game was. Oh, he said. Oh, yeah, he said it, it does it because he can. Oh, I can't. Like a punchline of a dumb joke, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a real strong motivation for your mm-hmm. villain. Because I can. Yeah. Why did you write this script about cucumber sandwiches? <laughs> Jerk off. <laughs> and tea. Because I can. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure I've ever had a cucumber sandwich, actually. I didn't even know that was a thing. But maybe it's like... I don't understand the point. It's like, where's the protein? I think you're supposed to put, like, um, you put cream cheese on him. Oh, there you go. Well, I thought it was a period. I thought maybe it was a period thing, right? Because well, this it's is a, like... It's a, it's a British late, thing. Was it late 19th century? Something like that? Yeah. yeah. So it's a Victorian fetish of some sort. It's the cucumber, Sam. The cucumbers, really. Mm. But um, one of our mm. viewers can let us know the cucumber sandwich. That would be nice. Mm. I don't know why you think that her holographic novel isn't great. I was taking notes and... I couldn't quite remember the guy's name, so I wrote, Lord Dude <laughs> says, I have fallen in love with you, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> Lord Dude. <laughs> I mean, it well, doesn't seem very very relaxing. He's, she's got this dude chasing her. The kids are kind of bratty. I don't know. I mean. I know. It's like the worst idea. I mean. And then there's a, there's another housekeeper that's jealous of her. I mean, I don't. this doesn't strike me as like a relaxing well the, and, it, and it's clearly some kind of amalgamation of knockoffs of various old sure. movies of this sort right i mean it's there's a, a little bit of like rebecca in there or something right and um th- those kind of like the 40s you know right but but yeah and it doesn't really fit her personality but maybe that's we have the knowledge of how you know her personality over the course of seven seasons but it's kind of like why would you choose yeah, i don't know yeah what about this whole torres fantasy with chakotay yeah, see, there, man, we just keep coming up with stuff that's that's really fantastic about this episode. She doesn't really have. I mean, there's. I don't ever think this is addressed or picked up or anything. No, this is not really a part of her mm-hmm. character, and it felt weird at the time. Even, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, in 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 the moment of the scene, you're like, where is this coming from? Really, this is some deep dark what? You know, I think they kind of throw it away a little bit at the end. She tries to make, you know, that, I mean, the very, very end of the episode, she says something to Janeway about, you know, I had this thing I don't want to talk about, but I mean, you know, maybe it wasn't really me, but that seems like kind of a cheat because literally everybody else's, everything else we saw, we know, we know Paris has a daddy issues. Yes. We know Tuvok misses his family and et cetera. So I don't know. That that it felt disingenuous to the character. It felt disingenuous to the stories that we've seen to this point. 
And it makes it, you know, in retrospect, it feels yeah. all the more accurate that it felt disingenuous and that it was unfair for them to do it because it seems like even the writers and the actors, since they never went there again, they felt like, yeah, this wasn't right. Yeah, because I always kind of felt like they were more, you know, he was more big brother type thing for her. Or Yeah. yeah I never, never kind of got right? that. Yeah, mentor, big brother type of character, you know, as opposed to, oh, I have this deep secret crush on you. But hey. The Seska thing, I that one I, I could see. They didn't really earn it because they didn't hint at it any sooner than they did. But that that was I could sort of see that. Honestly, by the time we get to the end of the show, I remember that the stuff that he has with Seven always felt like a stretch, mm-hmm. but not as much of a stretch as this. Him, Taurus, yeah. what left field? Yeah. Right. They they hinted at him and Janeway more than him and Taurus. Yeah. 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 All right, what's this episode about? Nothing. Yeah. Don't I mean, get stressed I, out. Hand yeah, I mean, stress management. <laughs> there's things I guess it could be about in some kind of alternate universe where this was any good whatsoever, but I think that, you know, you touch on, they, they touched on the notion of being, you know, so busy, you don't know what's going on in your recreation, but that was just a little blurb. They kind of touch on the notion of well, sometimes we have to confront our dark feelings, but that was just a tail at the tail end, a little blurb. So I, I can't really say those. that's what it's about. You know, those are just little bits. So not, nothing really for me. So, so Brian, why, I mean, you said you read and you said this is a pretty popular episode amongst fans. I mean, what, I don't know why? if it was among fans, but definitely like Jerry Taylor had wanted to do this for a while. And she kept saying to the suits, trust me, trust me, it'll be good. And they, they thought it sounded like it wasn't going to be good. Then they made it and everyone was like, oh, she was right. You know, so maybe it's more like hmm. um, the people that worked on it, the the writers and uh, the suits and stuff all thought that it was pretty decent. And I don't, I never thought that at the time. I didn't think that. Um, right. I mean, and it would have, it would have helped if you would have had some interesting character moments that, that revealed some things that seemed legitimate and, you know, you got some good performances out of that. But even that, as we pointed out, just seems like either really obvious or a complete, where did this come from? And we never touch on it again. So that doesn't help anything. All right. Let's do six degrees for persistence of vision. Adam has one. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. In how many more episodes will we see Janeway's Gothic hollow novel? God, I hope not. Do you want options? Well, if you, I didn't know if you were going to give me options, uh, whatever works. Zero, one, two. I will be optimistic and say zero. You are correct. One to one, Adam. Excellent. I was hoping for that answer. <laughs> Stan. Yeah, that's another thing, too. Like, Every time they're, they're kind of hinting at these other aspects of the story. Oh, what's on the fourth floor you can't go to? Is their mom really a spirit? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> Stan Ivar plays Mark Johnson. When was the last time we saw him play this character? Name the episode. Um, would that be... Um, Mark... The caretaker? Yes, sir. Caretaker. Steve, or Steve has one, Adam has two. Moving on. 
Tattoo, Season 2, Episode 9, Production Code 125. Original air date, November 6th, 1995. Directed by Alexander Singer. Story by Larry Brody. Teleplay by Michael Piller. Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Henry Darrow as Kolopak, Richard Fancy as Alien, Douglas Spain as Young Chakotay, Nancy Howard as Ensign Samantha Wildman, Richard Chavez as Chief, Coyote as Native Scout, and Joseph Palmas as Antonio. Leading an away team to an uninhabited planet, Chakotay comes across a familiar symbol drawn on the ground. He has a flashback and remembers seeing a symbol, similar symbol drawn by his Native American tribe on Earth when he was a young boy. Tuvok attempts to question him about it, but he is reluctant to discuss it with him. He tells Captain Janeway about his discovery, though, and the two of them find a warp trail leading away from the planet to another planet. They decide to investigate both to pursue the mystery of the symbol and because the planet contains useful minerals. You've never fully embraced the traditions of our tribe, I know that. And you've always been curious about other societies, and that is why I allowed you to read about them. Because I believe that ignorance is our greatest enemy. But to leave the tribe... Our tribe lives in the past. A past of fantasy and myth. That past is a part of you. No matter how hard you try to reject it. Other tribes have learned to accept the 24th century. Why can't ours? <sighs> Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Chakotay gets naked, hides in a cave. <laughs> Voyager gets caught in a twister. Yeah, okay. This episode is not my favorite. Like I said, I like the idea of it. There's a cool idea here. There's always a cool idea with this. We visited Earth tens of thousands of years ago or whatever. But, man, when you have a scene as, with the flashback, and then you redo the same scene with him as an adult multiple times, every single time, I'm like, oh, my God, I just watched the scene. You know, like, I'm, I'm, of course I'm ahead of you. Why? I don't know. I mean, do, I, they could have done that once, I guess. But I'm just being short today, and maybe I'm being unfair to these episodes. I don't know. Maybe Brian's had enough. Brian angry. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Avengers was awesome, folks. I hope you've all seen it as many times as Adam and I, because Avengers was so darn good. Yeah, we're just we're just, so we're just gonna we're just gonna screw it. No tattoo. And we're just gonna jump into Avengers. Huh? Guess we'll talk Infinity to you later. Infinity War. Yeah. Um, um, oh, the other thing is, I made this joke earlier, but it's true. If you're going to call your episode tattoo, you darn well better have Herbe Villachez in the episode. How many of our listeners got that joke? I'm guessing it's a small number. <laughs> of course, I said that when I made a um, <laughs> a short circuit joke, and I immediately got an email. Yeah, that was I know that one. Okay, okay. well, Herbe Villachez, folks. All right. So Brian, so Brian, I would tend to agree with you. I don't think I disliked this episode like you did. I am. Um, oh, I thought you were going to agree with me about putting Hervé Villachez in the episode because I would have liked it more. Yeah, you meant yeah. It would it would have entertained. Been... Were you not entertained? Is that what I guess? Uh, um. So you like this one? So please tell us why it's. I wouldn't awesome. go as far as to say I I liked aspects of it like you did. I think I probably liked a few like more. I don't... There was a shot when Chicote took his clothes off, but there was no ass from the back that <laughs> had aspects to it that I thought you might refer to. But I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> We're just kind of off the off the rails here. Can on this you imagine episode. that shot in high def? Because <laughs> I wonder if there. 
Uh, but I'm going to stop now. Um, go ahead. Um, um, I don't think I was bothered by you about the, about, you know, each scene being, um, kind of like a repeat, I guess now that you've mentioned that, I guess it probably next time I'll notice that the next time I ever watch this episode, I did enjoy the idea of them going, the flashbacks going back to his childhood. I can't, I was trying to think if that's ever been done before. I like the interaction with his father and you kind of get a, um, I like that you get that kind of scope of the character um, when he was a young child and how he interacted with his father and you kind of get a little window and kind of how he grew up and how he chose his path to go on to Starfleet. So I thought that was good for really good for Chakotay's character and an interesting way to do it because I couldn't recall that being done in this way before. Um, but um, this, this episode has, does have a lot of flaws that kind of, I mean, I agree with you. It's kind of, you know, there's some goofiness, the tornado. Um, it just doesn't quite come together as well as it maybe could have. But um, I liked what we got about Chakotay's character, and I kind of felt like it did move his character forward. Steve? Yeah, um, I think, you know, with this episode, as you alluded to this, I mean, it's got good ideas, which unlike, you know, Persistence of Vision, you know, I mean, it's there's there are ways you could have made this a, a a, a, a very good episode i think you know i think they're you know but they're the problems are that the, the it felt slow and plotting because of the as you said the, the the repeat like okay here's that and here's the similar scene in the current time period that kind of thing but what i like about it is i mean yes the whole the notion of aliens visiting earth but we've seen that a, t- a ton i mean it's multiple times in the original series it's alluded to yeah they're the next gen you know there's there's all sorts of history of this where that's happened and that's fine i think what's interesting about it is the idea of you know if they'd have done it well the idea of of chakotay because because we don't all we know about chakotay up until this episode is that you know he's a native american he's pretty serious about his heritage he does a variety of engages in a variety of rituals related to that. We didn't know that um, he rebelled against it prior to that. And, and, and that's interesting. And that's a nugget they could have built upon and told that story. Uh, and they did tell the story, but told it in further depth and used that time that they kind of wasted with, you know, duplicating scenes and, you know, to explain motivations and what exactly, you know, brought him around. But I, I like that stuff, you know, but um I would have liked to see maybe, you know, maybe instead of just the whole village, maybe some flashbacks when he was older, because I really enjoy it because you find out why he joined the Maquis and why he does the things that he does now is to kind of he to honor his father. So I kind of yeah, I agree with you there on that one, Steve. I mean, they almost could have uh, just not not made the uh, the alien part of it i mean they, they it could be what they had it but not like dealt uh dealt so much in the you know the current time period and what they did you know what they're having to do right then and and had it mostly be about the history and then incidentally okay that's what's reminding them of it and you know the sky spirits etc cetera, etc cetera. but anyway I, I like i like the idea of delving into his the character's history and learning something like that but it, it could have been executed better another example of just for me, it was just like stopping the episode in its tracks was that corny nineties exposition montage thing at the end there where they, he, the, the alien, the inheritors tells the story and you see like the glaciers in the background and then like a 50% transparent, like, you know, ancient 
earth human and he's telling this story and but it just felt like exposition like uh, you're 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 telling you're answering all the questions from the episode but it you have to, it takes you this long to do it i have to sit here and watch this for like minutes <laughs> and it's like if that's if that's your solution then then something is wrong you know there's got to be a more elegant way uh more interesting way to do it and that it didn't feel like you know what it didn't feel like star trek that kind of bugged me. Yeah, it did not feel like Star Trek. If you if you were flipping channels and you saw that, you would not think, "Oh, it's Star Trek." No. I think kind of, and also they took so long to get to the civilization, you know. And it, why were they scared of Voyager if they were this powerful? I, I didn't quite understand that. We were. Uh, yeah, well, on on that same note, look at the way the episode ends. It just ends with, you know, okay, Chicote, here we we're giving you something. What is it? The, some resources you wanted or something? Great, thanks. Bye. Yeah. Like really, Voyager. You're not going to just actually communicate with them. Voyager's not going to interact with this civilization we just suddenly encountered. We're just going to immediately leave. I mean, that felt weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that actually visited Earth. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe you guys know a, a, a faster route home or something. I don't know. There's yeah, I, guess, I think I think maybe they tried to. There was there was almost two episodes in this episode. I think I would have enjoyed more um, more of Jacote and his father in the in that in this episode instead of them spending so much time on the civilization that, you know, went to earth. Um, I just don't think they really chose. They, it's too much. I mean, you know, yeah, I, that's the episode I would have preferred to see more Chakotay and his father and his history in the background and how he became to where he got to instead of um, so much about the um, alien that visited earth and that kind of stuff. So yeah, so it's kind of it's kind of missed opportunities here. I mean, there there are ways we could have made this. This could have been something quite good, but yeah, they just slipped up. I think in a number of spots. They should have had during the twister. If there had just been <laughs> like imagine Voyager, right? You, Voyager's going around in the circle. We see the whole ship, and then you know the bicycle with the woman on the bicycle. <laughs> yes, and then there's a little puppy dog in the basket. Yeah, the music just goes right. to And Chakotay has to pull the curtain. <laughs> How can we possibly get home faster than 70,000 light years? 70,000 years of work? <laughs> well, well, yeah. No place like home. All right. What is this episode about? <laughs> What's it about? So real quick, Brian, you were pretty hard on the sub. Did you did you enjoy the the Jacote, you know, father son no, relationship? I, guess I, I like the idea of it, but I didn't. Every just time to, there was a flashback, I just oh god, come on! You cringed. I just I I remember disliking this episode the first time I ever saw it, and my opinion hasn't changed. I don't hate it. I don't think it's terrible. I just I don't I I I think it doesn't achieve anything anywhere near what it's trying to achieve, and I think it's laborious to watch and I don't like watching it and I kind of fast forward through it. I think that this whole episode could have been done as a 10 minute short and it would have presented the same amount of information. You know, the one thing we didn't mention at all, which we probably should. The doctor? Because that was fun. It wasn't really a full B story. I mean, if it's, it was only like two or three scenes and they were all done before the episode was even halfway over. But I do like that bit, and I always remember that. That's a, that was a pretty clever bit for him to give himself 
um, a cold and, you know, experience what it's like to be sick. Uh, I thought that was an effective little thing, but it was so small and it wasn't even the same amount as a normal B story that yeah. I never remember that it's a part of this episode. And it doesn't really even make any thematic sense to why it would be in this episode. Right. But I right. do like that, those scenes. It's filler. It's good filler. Okay. So what's this episode about? I kind of, I went with, you know, um, Chakotay coming to maybe not a reconciliation about his father and his past, but just a, a re reaffirming why he has chosen the path of his spirituality and coming into connection with his, with his father and his family and his history. Um, just kind of all culminating together in this episode is just, you know, kind of about finding oneself, um, learning about oneself and discovering new things. Kind of want to add down. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of, I, obviously that's the attempt what they were doing. <laughs> I just, I just wish it, this did a better this, job. Yeah, I mean, I really think this could have been something interesting really good. and special. It's just they just That's kind of the the implementation of it in some ways just just missed the mark. And and in terms of a number of, of the way that par they paralleled the scenes in the past and the present, um, the amount of time they chose to spend on the history and whatever else. I mean. You know, we learn about a character, but just learning about a character, like say they even did that just right, just learning about the character isn't enough to just make a episode in terms of great. Yeah, an episode really good in terms of like we judge it by having a moral and what it's about. There's got to be some kind of advance. You know, the character has to advance in some respect. I don't know that I don't see it much. It's kind of it's, it's like you said, it's more of an affirmation. But is that enough? You know, yeah. it's just it's just a whole lot of things that didn't didn't uh, hit the mark. You know, I, I think you and me and you, Steve, agree. Yeah, it's like a missed. And we all probably agree. It's just a missed opportunity here. You could have done something really cool yeah. with this character because it's it's a cool idea. You know, father son relationship that you don't we you don't really get to. I mean, other than what Cisco maybe that you know you don't really get to see that much of a father-son relationship well there's spock but you know what i'm saying right right all right let's do six degrees for hervey villachez <laughs> steve has one adam has two steve are you going first or second i'll go first henry darrow plays Kolop. Chakotay's daddy. He played Vulcan Admiral Savar in the next-gen episode Conspiracy, in which the Enterprise returns to Earth to stop aliens from taking over Starfleet. What season was that? One. Yes, sir. All right, Adam. You could win the day if you get this question correct. You guys are tied otherwise. In how many more episodes will Darrow play Chakotay's daddy? One, three, or five? Mm, one. You did it! He plays him again in basic part one, but that is it. Adam, three, Steve, two. All right, folks. Uh, not much in the way of news, except I hope everyone's gone and seen Avengers Infinity War, because it's really good, people. It's really good. Go watch it. Disney needs your money. <laughs> yeah. Disney's hurting. Yeah. yeah. So... We're going to be back in two weeks to discuss the next three episodes of Voyager's second season. And I'm sure I will be in a, <laughs> a more forgiving mood or the episodes will be better. One of those two things are going to happen and it's going to be great. So until next time, you can follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Trek Companion. Our Twitter handle is at Trek Companion. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. 
you could leave a review for us on iTunes. That is how other people find us. That is always awesome and appreciated. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See you. I passed it.